0: And we are back. Episode nine. That's crazy. EP oh nine.
1: It's nine episodes. I yeah. like the number nine. Yeah, it's a nice number, like the way it's shaped.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's been a week. We've we've recorded a lot. We've gone we've gone over, I think twelve emails this week. Yeah. A lot of content. We did a bonus cast. Um,
1: did our first live call today.
0: Yeah, which may have been, may have been a disaster.
1: We yeah, there was no. Not really much preparation. No. No, I,
0: I was <laughs> going to just wing, it, fly by the seat of the pants, but there's technical disasters that are happening right. because I have no idea what I'm doing technically.
1: You were on the computer. I was on an iPad. We had everything going through one thing. Yeah, it, it was, was a mess. So, It was dope to be able to <clears throat> speak with somebody, though, mm-hmm. who supports us on all platforms and genuinely cares about our opinions. Yeah. That was nice.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how all this evolves. Uh, I am still under the weather. You are under the weather now as well. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm having fun in here.
0: And yet we're still here recording for you. Dedication. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to disclaimer <clears throat> anymore. Good. I, I don't really care.
1: I mean, we already consulted with a lawyer. They can't come after yeah. us.
0: Yeah, we're just giving opinions. So, All right. Um, We had other stuff that we wanted to talk about before we got into emails. Um, you have a whole notebook of stuff over there that you wanted to talk about. I have a notebook full of stuff I want to talk about. But I think I'm only going to talk about the comments, and then we can just get into emails. Okay. So we get a lot of comments from people saying that they would never take advice from someone who looked like us, mm-hmm. and how irresponsible we are, and how much bad decisions we've made, and all, all the of, mistakes. All of it. You know, We got one today that was like, these people must really have idolized the detention chair. <laughs> I'm like, man, you must have watched that video a hundred times trying to think of that.
1: I, 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 I'm a little bit offended by that, just because... Typically, it's children drawing on detention chairs, and I've paid thousands of dollars for a legit artist to draw on me, Mm -hmm. so it's just, I'm a little bit more high class in a detention chair.
0: So we keep getting these comments about people saying that they would never take advice from somebody who looks like like us, Mm -hmm. and then they point out why, because we made bad decisions, we've got a troubled past, we've got trauma and all this shit. Yeah, yeah, we have all that. That's why we're having the conversations that's that we're having. That's why we're, we're speaking mm-hmm. about all of these things that we're speaking on because that's exactly what we went through. Right. And there are people out there who are hurting and going through the things that we've gone through and the advice that we are able to give them is benefiting them. Mm-hmm. And they look like us. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you, Mr. Blue Collar or White Clean Collar, kit. I got a <laughs> fancy job and no tattoos and perfect teeth and a horrible marriage and hate my wife. It's cool if you don't listen to our, com- our, our, our podcast. We're not here for you.
1: Right. You not listening to us doesn't hinder us. It hinders you.
0: Right. We are here for the broken. Mm-hmm. We are here for those who are, are struggling and, and desperate and need to hear this.
1: And want to want to better their life. right? Realize that they are unhappy and they can't live like this anymore. And they want change. And yeah. they're willing to work for that change.
0: You know, when I was at my lowest, <clears throat> having people that look like me be there for me, made the advice that I got a lot easier to swallow than coming from somebody who's perfect with their perfect life and perfect house and perfect car and perfect job telling me to just, you know, get over it and feel better.
1: Right. Or it's minuscule. Yeah. Your feelings don't matter. People have it worse than you. Yep.
0: All, all of it. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I commented on, cause I posted that video and somebody said something and I commented back and I said, close your eyes. If you don't like how I look, close your eyes. And if you gain value from my words, my appearance doesn't matter. Right.
0: It's a podcast. You can listen to it with no video. Right. Get, get, get yourself some some good knowledge there, bud. I think that I, I went through everything that I had to go through so that I can help people. And I've been through a lot and I, right. I still go through it. I still deal with a lot of my mental illness and a lot of my nonsense. And, and there's still a lot of ugliness in my head mm-hmm. and I'm working on it. But I needed people to reach out to me the way that we are trying to reach out to people. And if all of my suffering and all of my struggles and everything that God allowed me to go through to make me who I am and make me strong the way that I am is going to help other people, it was worth it. Mm -hmm. Because the the struggles that I have, I may be able to teach somebody or give somebody tools that they would have otherwise not had to prevent them from suicide. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody is going to have the same strength I had. I have had weak moments where I've tried to end my life. If I can keep somebody from getting to that point from my stories and the things that I've learned, then it's worth it to me. And I don't give a shit how I look. I'm not worried about that.
1: Right. You know, when it comes to explaining our past and things that we've been through, they might even not even be experiencing the same exact thing. They could be on the road to that. Right. So we are telling you what that outcome will be. And you have one of two choices to avoid it. Yeah. People need to hear that kind of thing. And if it hurts and if it triggers you and it sends you spiraling, you have to ask yourself why. Right. Because when something doesn't bother you, you don't have an emotional reaction. When there's an emotional visceral reaction where you want to vomit and you start sobbing and crying and you're enraged, there's a root of the problem as to
0: why. Right. And when you need to explore that, you need to really look inward and figure out why it's bothering you so much.
1: You have to feel your feelings. And it's not easy. Sitting down and feeling hurt and upset and frustrated and angry and you're never going to get closure from somebody that you think you need, that sucks. Yep but you have to go through that to understand it. Mm -hmm. And once you can understand that feeling, you can pinpoint in your life, well, I feel that when I speak to this person or this happened in my past with this person, I don't want to repeat that in the future. You're going to be able to pinpoint things in your future to avoid what you had in the past and you won't have to feel that anymore.
0: And that's also what we're doing. We're trying to help people experience that and understand Mm -hmm. that feeling because you don't have to go through this alone. Right. You don't have to suffer in silence. People who suffer in silence are the ones who aren't here anymore. Robin Williams, Mm -hmm. the dude from Lincoln Park. Like, you know, you you see all these pictures of people smiling all the time. This is what depression looks like. He killed himself the next day. Like, you don't have to suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. I am a huge fan of Tim Ross from the basement. And this morning, after you and I had already discussed having this conversation on the podcast, one of his videos popped up. And I wasn't going to do this, but because of what you just said about you having to feel your feelings, this needs to be pointed out. Okay. In one of his videos, he said, feelings are information. It's trying to guide you. Mm-hmm. If you can't process it, how can you change it?
2: Right.
0: I, I had to pause it and play that back two or three times because I never looked at it that way. My feelings were always a crippling depression or a, a insane rage or whatever the case may be. I never processed my feelings to understand why I was feeling them. I processed my feelings because I didn't want to feel that way anymore. Right. And hearing that made me go, okay, that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Why didn't someone tell me that when I was 14 years old and suicidal? Like, right. he also went on to say how many people suffer in silence or are made to feel that they don't matter and, and being invalidated. When you have somebody that's suffering in silence, it's because they've tried to open up to somebody and they've been shut up.
1: It's not even just once. They have been told to shut up multiple times. Mm-hmm. They have been showed repeatedly by multiple people that you don't matter.
0: Right. This is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Other people have it worse. Quit Quit crying. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you think you've got it bad.
1: Right. And they try to one-up you. Yeah.
0: That's not helpful to anyone. If somebody's going through something, fucking listen to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If 15 minutes. You don't even have to have a conversation. Just shut the fuck up and listen. Yeah. Let them get it out. And even if you don't relate to them, go, I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. I've never been in that position. That must really be hard for you. And I'm sorry you're going through it. You don't have to say anything else. That validation could could actually save someone's life.
1: Right. You know, there was a point in high school where I had a best friend. We don't talk anymore. We had a falling out about a year ago. She knew that I was suicidal. She knew that I was oppressed. She knew that I wanted to kill myself. And her regular joke was to tell me, just kill yourself. And that was a joke in her mind. There was one day where she was writing something on my hand and she was like, it's going to be a cute little note. Just wait till I'm done. And she wrote, kill yourself on my hand. That's so wrong. That's not a friend. Mm Mm-mm. When somebody knows that you're in that mindset and you are just done with everything and you are just a hair away from ending it all, and then they make jokes about your depression and they make jokes about you wanting to kill yourself, that's not a friend. No. That is also invalidation. That's them showing you that you don't matter in their eyes if they think that it's okay to joke to you about you wanting to end it. Right. Looking back on that, I'm absolutely disgusted by it. Granted, we were teenagers, 13, 14 years old. That doesn't make it okay. Right. We need to teach our kids to be better.
0: I agree. You know, I see um, a lot of the videos on TikToks of like the dude holding a sign with a blindfold on Mm -hmm. that was like, if you're depressed, give me a hug. Those videos make me cry every time I watch them. Yeah. Because I've been there. You never know what somebody's really going through. You don't. And a lot of the podcasts and a lot of the reasons that we are putting this information out there is because we genuinely want to start changing people's lives. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, this all started on TikTok. Obviously, we talk about it all the time, and we have a pretty decent following over there between the two of us. And like,
1: yeah, we're at almost uh, five hundred thousand.
0: Really? Are we that high up? I'm at one eighty seven or something like that. I think we're closer to two hundred to four hundred
1: thousand. Oh no, you're right. We're closer to 400,000. Still, yeah. it's
0: still a lot of people that want to listen to what we have to say or mm-hmm. relate to us in some fashion or another. Right. But when we started doing the podcast, we did it because people were asking for it. They wanted longer format conversations with us, and live streams weren't cutting it because TikTok kept kicking us off. People were mass reporting our lives, right? So they can't mass report this. They can, but when mm-hmm. YouTube checks, there's no violations. We're not doing anything wrong. We're just having conversations here, right? I and I'm I, I'm gonna apologize too for the f bombs. I've dropped a couple of them, and I am really trying hard to not cuss. I'm trying to actually stop cussing. I just it, I, it's dialed down. It was at an 11. It's like a right. six now and I'm doing better with it, but it's still not where I want to be. So I'm acknowledging my, my shortcomings and my language and I am working on it. We've said on a couple of the videos recently that we are going to continue doing this until we feel like we are no longer called to do this. Mm-hmm. And if we are reaching people, even if it's one or two people a month and it's saving lives or it's changing outcomes or it's bettering marriages or rekindling you know, parent-child relationships or whatever the case may be, It's worth the hours that we're putting in because you never know what those people are going to do. We're going to bring up Topher for a minute just Mm -hmm. because the kid is doing so much. If that kid would have not got his emotions in check and fought his dad and had that whole scenario become a thing. He could have threw away his life. He could have. Who's to say that he's not going to have a kid that cures cancer one day? And that's his calling. And that is why we had to do this podcast to get that one person Mm -hmm. to get themselves in check enough so that God can do what he needs to do because otherwise the enemy would have won. Right. I'm just not, I don't know, I'm over it. I'm done. I don't have anything else to sub- say about the subject. I just, it blows my mind that we are at a point in society mm-hmm. where people can be whatever they want to be. They can identify as whatever they want to identify as. They can claim their whatever color they want to claim their color is. They can do whatever they want, and people just accept it. Until you're delivering a positive message, or talking about God, and then all of a sudden you're taboo and there's a problem, and like you can't do that.
1: It's not even that, you know, we both have our faith and we talk about it. It's not even that, though. People are judging us purely on our appearance. And when we say something smart or we say something that could really help somebody in their relationship, that was good advice, but I'm not going to take it because you look like that. We've been told that. That's sound advice, but because you look like that, it doesn't matter to me.
0: Yeah. It's stupid.
1: It really is just crazy.
0: We got a P.O. box set up yesterday.
1: Oh, we did, yeah.
0: After three weeks of being asked to do it. Tis done. Uh, So can we start with a positive email first? Because oh. I feel like that went way nastier than it should have been. Um,
1: I did not have a positive one pulled up. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I wasn't expecting the conversation to get into any of this notebook. I was going to hold that for a different episode. Mm-hmm. But you you made that point, and And because you made that point, I'm not going to let it go. Like now is the time to talk about it because right. we're in that discussion.
1: This is a follow-up on an email I believe we covered a day or two ago.
0: I think it actually went live this morning. Did it? Yep. Which is Thursday. So we have one going live Saturday, and this won't be live till Monday, so it doesn't matter for you guys in terms of timeline. All
1: right. So just a follow-up. This person actually sent a photo of their notebook where they took notes of the things that they gained from what we had to say. So she says that he did have a job for a few months when we first got together. So after that, he hasn't worked since then. And then she said that through him not working and being lazy and showing that he has no motivation, he proposed and she said, yes. And I asked "Girl, did you buy your ring? Yeah. Like if if he's not working, how, how did that go down? And she said, I did not pay for the ring itself, but I paid to have it sized. So that, that's a plus. She Mm -hmm. didn't buy her own ring. And then she wrote motivation with a bunch of little sunshine rays on the side, and that made me happy to see. So she wrote down quotes from us. Don't make the same mistakes I have. I don't recall who said that. One of us said it, though. Yeah, I I don't don't know. That's smart to write down. When we are telling you our experiences, we are telling you the outcome of that experience. Right. Might not be the extent of what you have for your outcome, but it's going to be a rough outline of what you're going to go through if you continue that path. Right.
0: I was told when I was little that you can't learn from others' mistakes. Like you have to learn. Your, you, have to, you have to mess up. You have to do that. You, right. you can see someone go through something and think that you know better, but until you learn that lesson yourself, mm-hmm. you're, you, you're not going to understand it. And I, didn't, I never took that to heart. I always just repeated it because it's a clever thing to say you can't learn from other people's mistakes, but you can actually watch other people fail and go, mm-hmm. that was dumb.
1: You have to be intelligent enough to recognize that and say, that can happen to right. me.
0: And then work on being better and going. Right. It happens in business all the time. But if I if I saw my best friend burn himself pulling a log out of a fire, I'm not grabbing that log. Mm-hmm. So I can learn from somebody else's mistake. It doesn't have to be my pain. Right? Emotional pain is a little different. People get love and, and weird emotions, and, and especially when you're younger, mm-hmm. not invalidating love, but you love differently when you're young because you're not jaded yet. So in that scenario, it is a little harder to learn those lessons. But when it comes to just general life, when you see a lot of people making mistakes or you see something that you don't agree with, mm-hmm. you make a mental note of that. I don't agree with that. I don't want to experience the outcome of what they just did. Right. I don't want to cost mm-hmm. myself a stupid amount of money trying to do this in business because I just watched two people fail trying to do it. Mm-hmm. How, why did they fail? And then you pick that apart and that's a lesson that can benefit you. Right. In that aspect, yeah. you absolutely can. So for her to say that yeah. is smart.
1: It is. It is. Adding on to learning from other people's mistakes, you see how people ruin their life being on meth. Mm -hmm. You know to avoid meth. It's just like that with every other poor scenario in life. You note it, you realize that, and when confronted with that situation you know that you can make a decision to avoid it. Yeah,
0: When people actually take the time to learn from other people's mistakes, they level up so much faster in life. It's no different than an apprentice. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your apprenticeship is. If you look back to like butchers and, and barbers and you know all of the things that they did back you know 100 years ago where you had to have an apprentice to learn the things, it took them forever to become a master. And what you're being taught is all of the master's mistakes plus mm-hmm. his master's mistakes so that you don't waste time. <laughs> excuse me, excuse you. <laughs> um, so that you don't waste time making the, those mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're taking that time with a master to understand, to shave all of those years of learning off. Right. It's a leapboard.
1: The next quote that she wrote down was, don't drown for someone who isn't willing to stand up in three feet of water. I have gotten so much shit for an analogy on TikTok. Yeah, yep.
0: because everybody's a victim.
1: Everyone's saying that it's harmful to think that way. When somebody expresses those abusive tendencies, they really just need love. You do not put yourself in any sort of harm to help somebody else when they are not willing to help themselves. Yep. Absolutely blew my mind that so many people hated on that. Let them hate. I just, it, <clears throat> I don't understand how you don't have the emotional capacity to not understand what I'm saying. It's almost like you're willingly misunderstanding what I'm saying.
0: It's intentionally misunderstanding what you're saying. The people that make those comments are, are victims. Mm-hmm. They're people that that want to be able to blame society and everything else for their shortcomings oh, well, I can't do this because so-and-so didn't do it, and I can't do this because my parents didn't have money, and you've got privileged, and you're entitled, and all this nonsense. You don't know my life. You don't know what I've gone through. I've made something of myself, and I did it against all kinds of odds. Yeah. You can call me whatever the fuck you want to call me, but when it comes down to it, I'm successful, and you're on the Internet crying about how you ain't got shit. Yeah, be a victim. Just keep that mentality.
1: I've had a lot of random people coming to my page saying, you're a stay-at-home wife. You don't know how hard it is to work. (laughs) You don't know what it's like supporting a family. You don't know what it's like working 60 hours a week. Yeah. Do yeah. some research because right now you just look like an idiot. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, they just know your life.
1: They don't know my life. That's the problem. You're seeing a five second snippet on TikTok that triggered you. So now you're jumping to all these assumptions and you just look stupid. Mm-hmm. Because anybody who actually takes the time to research the things that we say before you start coming at us, you would answer all of your own questions. Yeah.
0: This also ties right back into this. Yeah. People need to be heard. People need to to be validated. They don't need to be shunned because for some reason you don't understand what they're going through.
1: Mm -hmm. She also wrote down the expectations, but she did it for one month, three months, and six months. Right.
0: That was what we had talked about. Oh, no, we did a a month, six, six and a year. We
1: did six months, one year, and then two years. Did we? Yes. I feel like we should discuss a little bit for people who don't know what this email is about. So Have at it. It's a woman who's been in a relationship for a couple of years now. They're not married, right?
0: No, they're not married.
1: And no children involved. <laughs> I
0: believe they're engaged to be married. Right. And it hasn't actually happened yet.
1: He has a hard time keeping a job. He gets frustrated. He doesn't like being told what to do. In the last three years he's had fifteen or twenty different jobs. Mm-hmm. Four, the last four, four years, years. Yeah,
0: since twenty eighteen. He um, went through ten jobs in twenty twenty alone.
1: Right. It really just gave off the essence of lazy Mm -hmm. or you said the option of making your own business, be your own boss. So we implemented that time frame of, oh, he's also self-diagnosed autistic. So we recommend getting an official diagnosis. Knowing what you have will make it easier for you to plan things for your life. Then we also implemented the time frame. So once you figure out what he does have, either implement, we're going to find a career where you are going to thrive in that you actually enjoy going to or we're going to set up a business where you can be your own boss. And then from a time frame from there, if he is putting in the work to show that he wants to change and be better and contribute and take some stress off of you, dope, the relationship's going to work out. If not, that's showing a lack of priority on his end.
0: That's a good way to word that, a lack of priority. That's good. Thank you. Because I just, I just kept calling him lazy, but you're right. Right. A man's priority should be taking care of his family. So if he's not doing that, his priorities are wrong. That was a good way to word that.
1: So that's where that time frame comes from. And it's okay to give somebody a time frame. If you have repeated yourself multiple times and they are not stepping up or where they need to be in your relationship to uphold your expectations, there's nothing wrong with saying we've discussed this multiple times. Your actions do not follow what you're saying to me. So now we're going to follow this timeline. And if you fail at any one of these points, we're done.
0: Yep. And, I mean, some, and it's not about ending the relationship. It's about improving things to make it work. Right. The goal is success, not mm-hmm. an exit.
1: But it should also be known that you're not going to waste 10 years on somebody who doesn't want to be better. Right.
0: You can't make anybody change. Right. You can work on you and be a badass and hope that people step up. hmm or you can lay it out for them and tell them these are the expectations that I have of you. And if you can't meet these expectations, I'm not willing to marry you. Right. Yeah. Which when you say that is logic conversation. It is. That is the most non-emotional statement I've ever made.
1: But people are still going to get offended. Of by course it. they are.
0: But it, it when you really think about that, why would you marry somebody that can't meet the expectations that you have for your future? Mm-hmm. If the two of you are becoming one flesh and you are working to become a household, a family, why would you want an unbalanced household? Right. If we're grinding together to make success, mm-hmm. it's not going to ever feel one-sided. Right. We're doing our jobs together to, to meet an expectation, to get to a goal. If you can't keep up, I need to know because I, I need a partner who can.
1: Right. And when you're on the same page, that eliminates a lot of arguments. Yep. So if you guys are not on the same page and one of you are not willing to get on the same page, you need to find somebody who is. Mm -hmm. Because if you stay, if he's on page 59 and you're all the way on 250, that's too much of a gap. At that point, that person's holding you down. You're not going to succeed the way you want to in life. And you're just going to continue being miserable, trying to have this person step up, hoping that they're going to get to the point where you want them to be. When you should just find somebody who wants to get to that point
0: with you. Right. That's it. And you're going to level so much faster that way. Mm -hmm. And I know that this isn't just about leveling up. Obviously, this is about a relationship and it's about marriage and happiness and the future.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But why would you want to be in 10 years where you are right now?
2: Right.
1: So at the very bottom, she said, I really needed to hear a lot of the things you said. Thank you for triggering me. I am scared of change. I cried a lot watching this because I needed it so much. It's crazy because of so many, because so many of the scenarios of the future you brought up is what we experienced as kids. Hearing what you had to say made me realize I'm worth so much more. Thank you.
0: Gotta know your self-worth, man. Mm -hmm. You have to know your self-worth. And even if you don't know your self-worth, fucking pretend. Mm -hmm. Pretend that you have value until you understand it. Until you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I, I actually maybe believe myself because I've been saying it so much. Just a little bit of hope
1: something that I think about. So this is a woman, right? If you are a woman in a scenario and you are unhappy, but you don't think you deserve better, what would you tell your daughter? If you had a a daughter who was living in the scenario you were living in, would you tell her, well, yeah, just stay. You're not going to find anybody else better. No, you're going to tell her leave. There is somebody out there who will love you for who you are and push you to be better. And you're going to do the same for them. You wouldn't let your daughter settle for some bullshit relationship because she doesn't think she's worth anything more. Why would you do that to yourself? And the same thing goes for men. Men, if you are in a relationship with a woman who constantly nags you and weaponizes intimacy with you, if you had a son and he came to you and said, this is what my old woman's doing, you wouldn't say, well, just placate her. It'll get better in 10 years. No, you're going to tell him,
0: leave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Give the advice you would give yourself. No, give yourself the advice that you would give your children.
0: Yeah. You know that you brought up nagging. Mm-hmm. I had a I made a video about that.
2: Okay.
0: On TikTok, of course. And somebody was like, Well, maybe if they just did what we asked them to do, we wouldn't have to nag. And and like I started to type out a comment reply and then I just stopped and deleted it because I don't have to reply to everyone that gets on there and says stupid shit. All right. But the whole point of that video is that you don't have to nag. You don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. You're making a choice to be that person. You're making a choice to try to control your husband, to treat him like you're his mother, to 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 disrespect him, and basically cut his balls off, and let him become a shell of a human being. Mm-hmm. Instead of realizing that when you try to control and nag and do the things that you're doing to your your husband, you're never going to get the results that you want. You're going to create a problem. It's going to be a fight. You're not going to have a, a peaceful evening. Mm-hmm when you can find a way to communicate with him that's going to work. It's laziness. You're lazy. Mm -hmm. If you result to nagging and trying to control it and you're miserable, it's because you were too lazy to try to find out what is necessary for change. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes down to you trying to find out how your husband understands when you talk to him, how he he retains information. We had, uh, we've gotten multiple emails from people that have fixed their relationships who all say, that their men just want them to be happy. Mm-hmm. I say it all the time. We want to to be the provider. We want to be the good man. We want to see you smile. We want to be able to do the things that are just going to make us feel like a man when you allow it to happen. But when you start complaining and treating us like shit and making it into an argument and a fight, we're going to rebel. Mm-hmm. Why would we want to do something for someone who's constantly shitting on us?
1: Right. And if you are married to a man who doesn't go out of his way to do niceties or make you feel like you're important or special or sexy or appreciated, was he that person before you got married? Because if he was that person before you got married, you knew what you were getting into. Mm -hmm. You can't change somebody from who they are to what you want them to be. You find somebody who is already what you want and then marry them.
0: Right. And maintain that. Right. And if things start to feel wrong or they're shifting and things aren't the way they're supposed to be or something even minorly changes, you're going to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Have the discussion. Find out what's going on. Don't let it simmer until right. it becomes a big problem or a huge mess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The TikTok comments, and I'm getting to a point where like we're repeating ourselves. Right. And I I don't do well with that. And I think a lot of my frustration is coming from having to repeat myself to people so much. And I know... I, I'm fully aware that not everybody watches our videos. There's a lot of people that follow us because of one video mm-hmm. and then never interact with us again or they're not even a follower and they're interacting with this video. So I can't expect them to know every single video we've ever made. Right. But when we have a content on YouTube and on TikTok and it's the same thing, same 50 conversations over and over and over again, I don't want to have those conversations anymore. Right. It's not benefiting us. It's not benefiting me. It's not benefiting you. It might benefit one or two people out there, but at that point, like the content's already out.
1: Mm -hmm. Do the research.
0: Yeah. Take a second. Like
1: (sighs) I had somebody just comment on one of my videos, the one where I said, don't drown for someone who refuses to stand up in three feet of water. They're like, this is super harmful for people who choose to stay and help these people and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, be better. And I was like, well, first off jokes on you. I have a podcast called to be better. Right. And then I also said, if you just scrolled through the comments, you would see my elaborations on this TikTok. Mm -hmm. So before getting triggered and just instantly spewing whatever you want to think into the universe, take a second, scroll for five, ten minutes. You'll see where I've responded and said this is in response to somebody who manipulates and weaponizes their trauma. Right. Instead of saying, I need to be better, you need to adapt to me and change yourself to make me feel safe blows my mind
0: yeah you know that people leave comments on our videos before the video is even over oh yeah they don't even get a lot of that it. too and like i i will address their comment in the video mm-hmm. but because i didn't get to it right away they leave shitty comments and i'm like did you even watch the video or did you stop halfway through it so you can complain mm-hmm. because if you really if you're really that passionate about what's being said maybe you should just dedicate the rest of the video process it and then come come at me in the comments
2: right
1: <coughs> crazy yeah it
0: blows my mind I, you know i get it people send me messages it's like i'll get text messages from people or emails from co-workers and, and like if it's a long email i'm skim reading i don't have time to, to dedicate 20 minutes of my life to read a, an email that has two points that are prevalent to what i need to know mm-hmm. so i'll skim that you know what i mean so it's i guess it's the same thing when it comes to tiktok but you're scrolling out of boredom right and if you're getting triggered wait until the video's over mm-hmm. find out why you're triggered because otherwise you're going to have to go back and delete the comment or you look like a dummy.
1: Right. When you react out of emotion, nine times out of ten, you always look silly. Yep. Yep. So next email. <laughs> First off, I adore both of you. So glad TikTok gave me something actually beneficial. Ooh, I love that.
0: That's a good one. You, you, we've stopped. We've stopped scrolling TikTok. I don't get on my FYP at all anymore. I no. get on. I only get on the people I follow. Hmm. And on the rare occasion that my phone opens to my FYP, 90% of the time now it's Christian content. Yeah. But I'm not scrolling because I don't want, I don't care. I don't want to get caught up in politics. I don't Mm -hmm. want to get caught up in thirst traps. I'm not trying to hear the, the two way arguments between multiple people and fighting. And I just, I want sustenance. I want to be full. I don't want to sit there looking for something to satiate me.
1: Empty calories. Yeah. Now to my dilemma. My boyfriend has seven years recently lost his mom. She was his everything. It was her and her three boys for most of their lives, so this was devastating. Their dad was a horrible excuse for a man for most of their lives as well, but since his mom's passing has really stepped up for his boys. Where my problem lies is that he spends so much time as his dad's, and 99% of the time I don't mind. We love a family man. However, it really, really bothers me when we have plans or have discussed how the night-slash-day will go and he changes the plan to hang out at his dad's. He says he likes being there because he only has his dad left and his brothers are there. I, again, love that he loves his family. I just really hate that he will change our plans so frequently I sometimes don't feel like I'm a priority. She
0: said our plans, not his plans. Right. So do you go with him when he goes to his dad's, or are you choosing to stay home?
1: That's a good
2: question.
0: Because that's one that's trauma response. Mm -hmm. He's he's latching onto his dad because his mom is gone. Right. And two, it's escapism. Mm -hmm. He's escaping his normal life to be around his current family because of the trauma. So are you going with him? Because if you're going with him to his dad's and you're a part of that, you're a support system. If you're letting him go without you and you're choosing to not be a part of that, you are creating isolation in yourself. Right. But you're also driving a wedge. Right. As that was exactly my next statement.
1: So I asked, I was like, how long ago did she pass away? It's been 18 months. Okay. So he definitely (laughs) still sounds frail Mm -hmm. in regards to all of this. There is no timeline on grieving. Right. When it comes to a death of a parent, especially if they were super close, he will probably never get over this. I'm going to be honest, the first like two years of somebody passing, especially a close parent, that's still relatively fresh in my opinion. I would be honest, if I were in this situation and my man and I made plans and every single time we had those plans, he would cancel to go to his dad's house with his brothers. I would be hurt. I would be too. Like, I understand that it's your mom and you have a grieving process. I'm still here though. We're supposed to be building a life together. Even if it's once every week or once every other week that we go and do something, that's important time. Yep. You're still trying to build something.
0: They're not married, right? Mm. Said boyfriend.
1: Yeah, boyfriend of seven years.
0: Okay. Why aren't you married yet?
1: That's a good question.
0: Seven years is a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. I get un- I get uncomfortable talking about death. Yeah. Yeah. I do not handle death the way people do. Other people do. Right. It's the kind of thing where, like, I understand that they're not here anymore. That's just natural, though. Right. People are gonna pass. And we all know it's going to happen. I've already grieved my own death.
0: How did you grieve your own death? You'd be dead.
1: Right. Grieving the loss of my own life. No. I know one day I'm not going to wake up. I'm not going to see the sky and hear the breeze and see my children's face. Hopefully it's when I'm old. Yeah. And I get to witness all their dope ass life experiences and you and I can go on wacky adventures. But I know it's coming. Yeah. Now I'll be off onto my next wacky adventure with my soul leaving this meat suit flesh flush cage I hate it here <laughs> why are you why are you laughing at me because
0: you're just so dramatic <laughs>
1: I am dramatic that's my flair next email okay Chris and Peaches <laughs> thank you so the reason I stopped doing photography oh this is a follow-up this is a follow-up <laughs> follow-up guys So the reason I stopped doing photography was for a couple of different reasons. One being that my postpartum depression took over and I couldn't get out of it. The creative side of me basically just checked out. The other reason, I got a shit client who wasn't happy with anything from their photo shoot and it didn't matter what I did or that I even offered to take time away from my family and completely reshoot the photos. They still started telling people I was a terrible photographer and then started lying to people that I didn't show up for the session to begin with. To everyone they told, it didn't matter that I literally had photo proof that I was there and did the photos. So I let the negative one and walked away from it.
0: That's the, the passion of an artist. Mm-hmm. You you go through, first you go through the phase of hating everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Then you get a little bit of a moment where you're like, yeah, I'm getting the hang of this. And other people are like, oh my God, you're amazing. And you're like, eh, I'm getting there. Because you're holding yourself to other people's standards. You know, mm-hmm. the people that are professional that you admire, whatever, painters, however, it doesn't matter what your art form is. Everyone does that. Then you get another depression. Uh, my work sucks. I'm not leveling. I should be further along. And then you get a little bit of a hell yeah again right. where you you learn a new trick or you do something different and then your work changes because you learn something new. And then when you look back, you see all these different changes in your work over the course of years. But that emotional response of people not liking or talking trash about your art is something that every artist struggles with. I don't care how amazing they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I've won awards and I still pick my shit apart. And when, oh, yeah. when people, you know, are unhappy in any way, shape, or form, you know, your, your goal is to make sure that they're happy with what you've created for them. You know, that's that's a, a very real thing for a lot of artists. I guess I just needed to point that out there because... I get that. We've experienced it yeah. a lot.
1: <laughs> you know, I also find it silly that even with the photo proof, people are like, nah, you're a piece of shit photographer. Yeah. You, you cannot fight idiocracy. No. Nope. There, there are no weapons... Yeah. To handle somebody who is willing to look evidence in the face and say, That's not true. Yeah. Those are the battles you just can't win, unfortunately. But unfortunately. don't don't make that kill your passion. Yep. Because
0: Well, you, you add that add all of what you just said on top of postpartum depression mm-hmm. as that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This time around I won't be doing that. I let people say what they want, and I am in the process of completely restructuring my contract so I am protected 100%, and even in the worst situations, won't entirely lose out when it comes to my pricing and my time. As far with the daycare, I want so badly to go after the daycare. However, financially we can't afford a lawyer, and the majority of them around us require some sort of retainer, even if you go after the other party for court losses and lawyer fees. However, I have a ton of evidence that would honestly screw the daycare owner majorly. You know, there are lawyers out there who will hear your case. You can set up a free consultation. There are lawyers who will do cases for free yeah. just to help a family get justice, especially if there's child abuse involved. Right. It'd be worth looking into. It
0: would also not be a bad idea to get pricing to find out what people's retainers are. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if they have a retainer and they're willing to do the, qu- the case past the retainer until the end that's different. I know with ambulance chasers, they'll work for free because they know they're going to get a huge payday at the end, no matter what. Yeah. Um, but it would definitely be smart to look at and then even maybe consider like a GoFundMe or Mm -hmm. some sort of other crowdfunding because I know there are a lot of people that don't do well when kids are involved that would donate 15, 20, hundred bucks.
1: Yeah. We are in the process of trying to subscribe to y'all's Patreon, but we are honestly struggling financially right now, which is taking a toll on my husband. He is stressing over us losing our home as well as his truck. He took a pay, ch- pay cut within the company he works for, so between that and COVID-causing issues with his work field, we have been riding the struggle bus. However, we are pushing through it. Honestly, I am surprised how we are managing right now, between our one-year-old and her heart defect, and now back and forth to appointments with our three-year-old to specialists for her thyroid, and waiting to hear back from pediatric oncologist on if she, for sure, has acute my Lloyd leukemia. Wow. Or if it is something else going on with her, it feels like we can't catch a break. It makes me sad.
0: You know, I, I know this is going to sound kind of hokey. I said hokey. It's the first word that came to my mind, so I'm going to run with it. Okay. You know, we're building a community community on Patreon, and there are some very good people over there, and there are people over there that struggle financially as well, mm-hmm. but there are people over there who are comfortable. Yeah. It would be very cool to eventually get to a point with the Patreon community, where there's a thousand people or two thousand people there, where somebody's going through something like this, and maybe
2: everyone can kick in yeah, twenty bucks, right?
0: Because that would go a real long way in terms of a lawyer or mm-hmm. buying a new truck or Paying helping bills. somebody with a mortgage payment or helping this kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That I, I'm I'm speaking that into existence.
1: That's definitely the goal.
0: Yeah, because you know we we make a living mm-hmm. with businesses that have nothing to do with this, right? And I would love to see this actually generate enough revenue that we could do this full time, mm-hmm. but I don't need it to happen. Right. I'm happy with this being a hobby and us doing it when we feel like it because other than the Patreon, we don't owe anyone anything. Mm-hmm. And we could do Patreon videos only for the rest of our lives and and you know appease that crowd over there with the live streams and it would take very little time out of our life. Right. But if we got to the point where this was doing $100,000 a month, we could absolutely create a non-for-profit mm-hmm. and help people that follow us or in the Patreon group or support what we're doing it would be worth it to me because I mean, it would be nice to have that kind of money, but like we're very comfortable as it is. So like, I don't know.
1: It would be even dope to have like, we could set up a tier on Patreon strictly just for that. And that money just sits in an account. We can just allocate like, Oh, you need $10,000 for your kid's medical. Yeah. $10,000.
0: I don't know how that would even work, but I think it would have to be an altogether different Patreon. Yeah. (laughs) but it's something that you know i I don't know i am speaking it into existence i want to get to the point where we can really affect change Mm
3: -hmm.
1: all of that aside i am fully open to any and all tips and advice y'all have as far as for the photography business marketing has never been my strong suit i am very intelligent with the creative and business aspect but i truly lack in the marketing department I am also going to include the links to my photography website on Facebook this time. I didn't before because I was trying to remain modest as I am very used to people, mostly family, doubting my business skills and photography skills. Total fan moment when my husband called and said y'all read my email. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. I immediately got off the phone and went straight to y'all's podcast. We visit the Blue Ridge area regularly as Cherokee is where we spread our son's ashes. Going to have to plan a trip to Biltmore as I have never been.
0: Oh man, the garden to Biltmore. Just for flower photography, get you something that's wide open 1.2, 0.8 to get rid of the the background as much as you can. Oh my word. Even if, you, even, like if you've got a 70 to 200 f 2.8 and you can shoot a flower from a distance so you get that separation from the background, mm-hmm. the flower photos that you can get from the Biltmore are insane. That garden is huge. It's like a 45 minute walk. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I got excited. That's okay.
1: (laughs) Thank y'all for the feedback y'all gave. I'm not sure if my photography website will pull up. I made it on a free site creator and sometimes it acts
0: stupid. All right. So anybody that's listening to this that would like to see her photography, it's smoking lens photography on Facebook.
1: Did you, did we do the different sex, sex drives between husband and wife?
0: I don't think so.
1: Okay, because you said that we would cover this on YouTube.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think so.
1: All right, well, it's going in the podcast. Okie dokie. Hello, I've just binged watched all of your podcast episodes and I'm hooked.
0: We appreciate that, but it sucks that you don't have a life because we have hours upon hours upon hours of content. We do. <laughs> Are you tired of our voices yet? Did you, did you stop to take a pee break? <laughs> did you have lunch?
1: It's, it's crazy that people are hooked to the things that we talk about. Yeah. Our conversations are stupid. <laughs> the things that I say specifically can really be stupid. And y'all are hooked on that. It's fun. That's crazy. It's so inspiring to see you guys talk about traditional relationships because I also was a woman that thought those kinds of relationships were toxic. But then through my own growth and healing and with the meeting... And with meeting an amazing man like my husband, realize that a traditional marriage is what I want and something to be proud of.
0: It is. It, it is. is something to be proud of. Let mm-hmm. me, okay, pause.
1: <laughs> Pausing.
0: It is something to be very proud of. Do you know how many people would love to have the position to, to be a stay-at-home? A lot. It's not common anymore. Mm-hmm. Be just solely on the financial aspect, it's not common for people to be able to do a one-income household, especially when there's kids involved. So that is something that a lot of people really want. They may not admit it because it's not cool to admit you want a traditional relationship.
1: It's seen as a weakness. It is.
0: But the people who get it always talk about how happy they are Mm -hmm. being a stay-at-home and how feminine they feel and how less stressed their life is when they're not working 80 hours a week and how much better they feel as a parent. And I just think that 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 statement, like a lot of people truly want that. Right. So to be able to have that, you're blessed. Mm -hmm. That's a blessing. It is. And if you don't want it and you're against it and you think it's the worst thing ever, then don't get one. Right. Find yourself a man that wants you to support him.
1: Yeah, right. And <laughs> You be the breadwinner. If that's what you want and you're happy being that, do it. If you both want to work and have joint income, dope. We don't shit on you. Don't shit on us. That's it.
0: That's it.
1: I can listen to you guys talk all day, so thank you for what you do. My husband and I are both working full-time for now, but have plans to transition to transition me to a stay-at-home wife and mom once we have kids. And that is in a few years, but for now, our traditional roles mostly fall into the categories of housework, cooking, cleaning, home management, car management, etc. My husband and I have only been married for a year and a half, and together almost four years total, including the dating phase. I'll be turning 28 this year, and him 33. He is the light of my life and I wouldn't be who I am without him. That being said, nobody is perfect, including myself. I suffer from periodic depression and anxiety, and I have sometimes crippling self-image body dysmorphia issues, and I do think it could be a cycle with my menstruation. Oh, I think it could be cynical.
0: Cyclical? Cyclical? Mm
1: -hmm. Cyclical. My throat feels uncomfortable saying that. (laughs) With my menstrual cycle, too, and I have a very short cycle of only 21 days, technically normal, but I'll get more into that later. My husband and I have amazing sex when we have it. The main issue is his libido is much higher than mine. He, like a lot of men, is ready to go at moments' notice, anytime, anywhere. I, like a lot of women, require a little bit more to be in the mood to be intimate. Stress, energy levels, my mental health slash body dysmorphia, et cetera, all play a role in whether or not I am open to wanting intimacy. It's something I'm really trying to work on as I know my partner has a high sex drive and I want to meet his physical needs, but also respect my own body slash mind's wishes when it comes to what I want or don't want. You have anything you want to say?
0: I have a lot I want to say, but mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be very popular. First and foremost, men have different emotional state of brain than women do. Mm-hmm which is why we are able to get over shit emotionally a lot faster than women are because we have a less emotional response centers. Mm-hmm. And I would give you the, the actual name of that because I just read it yesterday, but I've already forgot it. So, right. But I know that we only have two where you have many. Right. It's so, scientific.
1: You can Google it. Right. There sources. Yes,
0: please Google it because I'm an <laughs> idiot on a microphone and I'm not trying to do that right now. Um, with that being said, the idea of you not being in the mood... When he is, just means that your engine needs to be warmed up. And if you are <clears throat> if you are willing to allow that to happen, you may find yourself in the mood. Mm-hmm. But if you shut it down just because in the moment you don't feel like it, you will never be in the mood. Right. There are times where you and I will start fooling around and you'd be like, I'm exhausted right now or my stomach's upset or whatever the case may be and we got to put the brakes on it, but you never stop me from trying. Right it's important that you allow that to happen because you never know what kind of chemical reaction you're you're going to have in your body that may make you want to play around. It may not. Mm-hmm. But it's important to let that, that fire be ignited. Right. Or keep that, you know, <laughs> keep that ember going. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want that shit to, to die out completely because when it's gone, people are going to stop trying. It right. It's a lot easier to keep a fire lit than it is to start a new one. Mm-hmm. So... And, and and people are gonna give me shit over that because it is her body and her choice and her emotion and whatever she's going through and her excuses and all that nonsense. Fact of the matter is, you have to keep intimacy alive. You have yeah. to, to you have to be to be there for your partner and, mm-hmm. and when they need things. <clears throat> and, and though it's normal to say, well, it's not a big deal if I tell him no or I have a headache, he can just deal with it because he's not guaranteed sex. Well, what if he stops paying the bills? Or what if what if you're having a really bad day and need someone to talk to and hubby goes yeah I'm busy right now call someone else and it hangs the phone up.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You are supposed to provide for your partner in right. all forms. Mm-hmm. Sex is part of that. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody that has a high sex drive and yours is down in the dumps because you're depressed and you're going through what you're going through, you can explain that to them. But don't let that intimacy die. Right, it's like, still
1: important to try. Yep. The only thing I can think of with that whole analogy of warming up the engine, getting in the car when it's cold outside sucks, Mm -hmm. dick. Once that car is started, though, and you have the heat going and it starts to get nice and warm and cozy, you're not so pissed off about being in the car when it's cold.
0: Right. To get out of the car and it's cold. Right. But we're not talking about getting out of the car.
1: We're getting in the car and we're getting nestled in for a little drive. Right. When you first get in that car, you're like, fuck this. I don't want to be here. Right. I hate that I have to be here. I hate how cold it is. And then the air going, you're driving, you're listening to music, it's getting a little warmer. Take off your little scarf, you're like, okay, I'm getting comfortable. Then, before you know it, you're turning off the heat because it's too much and you're having a good time in the car.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's stupid.
0: What's stupid? Well,
1: not a little analogy. No, I, it,
0: it <laughs> works though. Right. <clears throat> the point that I was trying to make is that people get to the point where they just don't try anymore. And if you get turned down enough, You're going to stop. You're going to stop. If I came to you and tried to have foreplay any way, shape or form or Mm -hmm. tried to be intimate with you or tried to to dance with you in the kitchen and you stopped me and it happened more than like twice, I would never do it again.
1: It only takes one time with me. Yeah,
0: there's no right.
1: If you shut me down in a super shitty way and you don't explain to me why I'm never going to try again.
0: Right. I didn't mean in a shitty way. I meant just in general, if I was trying to do something with you and you shut me down a few times, I'm not going to try anymore. Yeah. Because in the event that you want that, you can now tell me because I've been shut down enough that I'm not going to keep trying. Yeah. Why should I continue to strive for something that I know is out of my control? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And at that point, I'm I'm now at your whim for the event that you may want to do something like dance in the kitchen or, or do something and I get to sit and wait. And then later down the road, you get mad at me because I'm not initiating sex enough or I'm not trying to be... Intimate. romantic and intimate and to do the date thing and try to be the nice person. Well, you shut that shit down for the last six months. Why should I continue to try those things? And now you've got a, a power struggle in the relationship mm-hmm. and you can't figure out where it went wrong. Right. Keep that Ember going mm-hmm. because if you have to restart that fire, it's going to be a whole lot harder to restart that fire than it is to keep that Ember going.
1: Hearing you say that you would be going by the whim of somebody else made me really sad.
0: It, that's exactly what it is though.
1: It is you are literally at the mercy of somebody else's decisions Mm -hmm. and those decisions will dictate whether or not you have that thing in your life ever again. Right.
0: And if you're married and you try and they say no, and you try even harder or Mm -hmm. you try to persuade, now you're coercing your sex partner and marital rape and all of this other fucking buzzwords and nonsense that's being said when you're just trying to have or regain or reclaim or keep an ember alive of intimacy in your relationship. I I hate buzzwords. I hate that everybody is so involved in everyone else's shit. And I understand that abuse happens. But I I think that what abuse is and what people claim to be abuse are two very different things.
1: There are pansies in the world today, dude. Mm. I can say something in the wrong tone. My inflection could be off just a little bit and all of a sudden I'm verbally assaulting somebody. I saw a video the other day of a guard on a horse outside of the Queen's castle, and this woman came up and grabbed the reins of this horse, and the man yelled at her and said, don't touch.
0: Right. With authority.
1: With authority. And all of these people are like, he's verbally assaulting her. He's verbally abusing her. I can't believe that they would let the Queen's guard do this. As somebody who has been assaulted, Mm -hmm. you know what assault is. Right. Having somebody raise their voice at you a little bit to show authority or to set a boundary is not assault. Having somebody come at you with a knife is assault. Mm -hmm. Having someone throw deadly weapons at you, that is an assault. Somebody saying, I'm going to fucking kill you, that's a verbal assault. Right. Somebody saying, I don't like the way that you're behaving, whatever, X, Y, and Z. Your feelings get hurt. Yeah, that sucks. Nobody likes having their feelings hurt or being told that they're in the wrong.
0: But that's a you problem.
1: That's a you problem. When you say that that's assault, you are actually insulting people who have survived real assault. When you're saying that I'm being verbally abused because somebody raised their voice at me, it's insulting actual verbal abuse survivors. Mm. When you have somebody in your face screaming that if you leave me, I'm going to kill you versus somebody just raising their voice at you because you crossed a boundary.
0: Yep, people are weak.
1: Everybody is offended by everything
0: nowadays. And that's a them problem. It's not not on the person speaking. mm -hmm. If somebody gets offended, that offense is a them problem. It is. Especially in America. We have a freedom to say whatever the fuck we want to say. You don't have to like it.
1: Right. You know, I made that TikTok purely just saying a statistic. Right. If you are in a relationship and have not had sex in the last three months, you're considered to be in a sexless marriage. Right. The actual statistic is less than 10 times a year. So if you have sex once a month, nine times, that leaves three months out of the year where there is no physical touching.
0: Could you imagine only having sex 10 times in a year? No.
1: No, I could not. I would not be in a relationship that way.
0: Wow. That's depressing.
1: It is depressing. And, you know, people want to say, well, I have a medical condition. I'm depressed, this, this, and that. That is completely separate from somebody who makes the conscious choice to continuously turn down their partner because they get some kind of power trip off of it. They're weaponizing it. They're using it as a reward. Well, if you do X, Y, and Z, right. then we'll have sex.
0: using it as a reward system or it's weaponized. That's as far as that needs to go.
1: That's disgusting. Because
0: I guarantee you that all of those medical conditions that those people have, if they were to end up single mm-hmm. and found somebody new and was in that lustful phase, those medical conditions wouldn't matter anymore because mm-hmm. now they have intimacy and lust and all of the things that happens when things are new. Mm-hmm. Because you never hear that from people who are in new relationships. Right. Have Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard somebody be like, yeah, I'm in a new relationship. We've been together for 10 months and we haven't had sex at all.
1: So on that video where I posted that statistic, somebody said, this is hilarious because for the first year of my relationship, we didn't have sex. I'm like, okay, so you had a sexless relationship. That's what you had.
0: Right. Wow.
1: You chose not to have sex. You're in a sexless relationship. What else is that? You're either having sex or you're not.
0: Yeah, by definition.
1: By definition. And I had somebody in my comments saying, well, this offends me. Good. Well, why does it <laughs> offend you? Because we're happy in our relationship and we only have sex once a year. So a, st- a statistic doesn't care about your feelings. Right. You can be happy in a relationship where you're having sex once a year. You're still considered to be in a sexless relationship. Right. It doesn't matter how happy you are or how miserable you are. If it happens once a year, that's sexless.
0: I'm I'm hung up on that. I'm hung up on what I said and you hitting me immediately with somebody who was in a relationship for a year and hadn't had sex. Is that a, is that a religious choice? I don't know. Is, is this is this actually a medical condition? Are are you?
1: They didn't elaborate. Are,
0: are, yeah. yeah, right. They try to I, have an I got I, you moment. I need an elaboration. So if you're listening to this podcast, you need to go into the comments and tell me why you didn't have sex for a year while being with someone. Because if it's a religious thing and you were able to hold out for a full year while you're with somebody, good for you. Mm-hmm. I respect the hell out of that. But I'm willing to bet that it's not. And I'm willing to bet that you probably are talking shit and making things up because the way culture is now. I, I don't I don't believe most people make it more than three weeks of dating somebody without sleeping with them, let alone a year.
1: There are people now who get shamed if they don't have sex within the first three dates. Yeah. I overheard a friend group when I was out for a brunch. Talking about how they're meeting up with these guys And this one girl's like yeah well I've been talking to this dude And it's been about two weeks now And they're like oh well have you guys done anything And she was like no and they're like why Why haven't you is he gross what's wrong with you Why haven't you had sex Why why do you need to know
0: Right Why, Why is that not normal Why can't you go two weeks And seeing somebody without How many times in two weeks are you actually going on a date
1: I mean, I guess if you really have nothing going on.
0: Right. But somebody, okay, so 30 years old, you have a full-time job. Right. And no kids. Mm -hmm. By the time you get home from work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you don't want to do anything. Right. You want to get your dinner done and relax, watch a little bit of TV and go to bed. Mm -hmm. So in the event that you are actually going on dates, realistically, how many dates are you going on in the course of two weeks? Five? Yeah. Six? Maybe So we're going to have six interactions and all of a sudden it's necessary for you to put out or I'm going to get shunned by my friends. I want better friends. Mm -hmm. I want better friends.
1: You are the company you keep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You walk that line, bro. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, man.
1: Oh, right. It's disgusting. Uh, (laughs) I hate hookup culture. (laughs) I hate... All of the attention-seeking on the internet and then the attention-shaming when they seek the attention and then the defending of, well, I want to sexualize myself, but you can't sexualize me. You just have to be onlookers.
0: Have you ever fasted? Me? Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. you ever, like, for long periods of time or, like, did something where you cut out a certain thing for X amount of time? I I fasted for a week. Okay. So, you know, that first meal that you get after a week? I was ravenous. Right, and you get a little bit of food and you're like, oh my God, this tastes amazing. And then you eat and and like it gets in your stomach and then you're hungry immediately again Mm -hmm. and that excitement of food. Yeah. So when you deprive yourself for something for a long time, like Mm -hmm. when I diet for a year at a time trying to lower my body weight and I don't have sugar, that first time I eat sugar is orgasmic. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, where have you been all my life? Right. It's the same thing. So you start dating from somebody and you make it a point to refrain from doing the things that, that you want so that when you actually get it, it's that much more meaningful. It's that much more amazing.
1: Sounds like discipline.
0: It, it, that's exactly what that sounds like. But the idea of meeting somebody, meeting mm-hmm. somebody, as a first date, right? Because that's happening mm-hmm. now. All of a sudden, within two weeks of meeting that person on what we what we assume is safe to say six dates, mm-hmm. you're now sleeping with them. Where's the buildup? Right. And I'm not shitting on people who have sex on first dates. I, I Your life is your life. Right. If
1: you're happy doing it, live your life.
0: But if you're able to deprive yourself of something that you want for a little while, when you finally get it and you finally allow it to happen, it is that much more amazing. Mm-hmm. There's... I don't know. I don't know. I have so many other thoughts right now, but I, I don't want to keep harping on that because I don't want to keep making the same point. Right. I don't know. I just... I don't understand why... We have we as, a, as a culture have moderation problems. That's it's, the only way I can explain that.
1: It's because everything is so easily accessible now. Yeah. We don't have to worry about anything going wrong.
0: Uh, yeah, you do.
1: No, but in the minds of people, we don't have right. to worry about anything going wrong. We right. have a constant stream of food. We have a constant stream of internet and yeah. attention. In a lot of people's minds, nothing will ever detrimentally happen. Right. COVID hit and now we're fine. Yeah.
0: Well, COVID didn't really hit. Right. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> trying. It was just good old pandemic.
1: He has never Eva. He has never.
0: Oh man, we're still in an email. We are. Yeah. <laughs> we really derailed there. I forgot that you were still reading an email. Holy shit! It has been a day. It, it has been a day.
1: I'm glad I got to witness that. Thank you. My,
0: uh, yeah, you're <laughs> welcome.
1: He has never, ever made me feel like I had to give him sex if I didn't want it. He knows I have past trauma with men doing that to me and would never pressure me into having sex. However, we have had conversations of ways we both can compromise when he has a sexual need that he wants met without disrespecting what I want. How in-depth can I go sexually on YouTube before we get flagged?
0: Read it. AJ will cut it if he has to.
1: However, okay, examples... Examples being me just giving him oral sex or a hand job. Unfortunately, we just haven't found a good answer because I feel like if I give him some kind of sexual gratification, the face of my body slash mind, oh, in the face of my body slash mind not wanting it in the moment, it is a disservice to myself. But then I feel guilty for not fulfilling a need that he has. And he says all the time that his pleasures derived from my pleasure mean that if I'm not enjoying myself, he can't either. I need to know the definition of his high sex drive. If he's asked, is he asking you for sex every single day, multiple times a day? Or is this like once a week where right. he's asking you to?
0: You know that when you placate him, or placate is probably not the right word, when you appease him by giving him oral or a handjob, mm-hmm. it's going to treat him, teach him to treat you like an object and not his partner. You he he's basically using you for masturbation at that point, right? Orally or physically, like mm-hmm. that's that's a problem. When you really think about that in like the long term effects that's going to have on your relationship, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I am curious also about the high sex drive thing, right? Because, because I think I think for a man in his early thirties with normal testosterone wanting to have sex every day is not a high se- sex drive, right? It, it's normal. Mm-hmm. I'm in my forties. Right, and you yeah. walk by and I see the under ass cleavage and it's game time. Yeah. Yeah. It does not take much.
1: I really do make it hard for you around this house, don't I? De-
0: definitively. Yeah.
1: He says all the time that his pleasure is derived from my pleasure. I mean, if I'm not enjoying himself, he can't. His primary love language is also physical touch and minus quality time. He never wavers on making sure my love language is given and met. And I feel like I fall short on fulfilling his needs for physical intimacy because of my lower libido. Lately, if I'm not wanting to be sexual, and he is, he will excuse himself to masturbate. I don't have any issue with this in itself, and I don't object to it, but it does make me a little sad for two reasons. One, that I couldn't fulfill that need, and two, uh, and it makes me feel like I fell short for him, and two, that he couldn't just wait until I I was more ready to fulfill his need myself. But you just said when you fulfill his needs, you feel like you're being used.
0: Right. Or you also don't know when you're going to feel that way. Right. And if his if his love language is physical touch.
1: And you're not meeting that.
0: Right. That I mean, that's a problem. And and this goes all the way back to the beginning of the conversation. Whereas if you just try mm-hmm. and see if the engine gets warmed up. And if it doesn't, you stop it and be like, hey, this is and then obviously if you're okay with him, you know, taking care of himself, he can go do that. At least give him something to think about. Because right. otherwise he's gonna go watch porn. And there's a whole other slew of issues that I have with that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have you had your hormones looked at? Because it could not, you know, your depression could be hormonal.
1: I was thinking that. So going on to the next paragraph, we've had conversations in the past about how he remembers at the beginning of our relationship, I was much more sexual person and wanting more sex, wanting sex more often than I do now. I've explained to him that it's not out of lack of wanting him, but rather I was a less healed person when we first met and I was still stuck in a mentality of if I wanted a man to give me intention and stay, I needed to be overly sexual and have a high libido. Now that I genuinely feel safe and secure with him, it's allowed me the space to explore, to fully explore who I am and what I really want. And I realized that I'm not an overly horny person all the time. And I recognize that that was inner work I should have done earlier. And again, I feel guilty now that it's causing tension in our otherwise great relationship at time. This is going to sound super shitty, but this is the only thing that came to mind when I read that. It's like a catfish.
0: There's a difference between being horny and just trying to fulfill a need right. and being intimate with the person that you're, you're with. Mm-hmm. There's a real difference there. Right. You know, if you're just trying to have a booty call because you you want some, mm-hmm. that's horny. Right. If you want to love your partner, that's not being horny. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot more that goes into that whole experience than just being horny.
1: Yeah. There's an emotional intimacy there. Right. There's a spiritual intimacy there.
0: Yep. I would get your hormones checked. I, I really know. would. It sounds to me like it sounds to me like you either have a whole lot of shit going on in your head that you've not resolved mm-hmm. or there's a hormonal thing. Right. And body dysmorphia is a thing. We both have it. Mm-hmm. I still th- see three hundred plus pound me every time I take my shirt off in the mirror. Right. But that's not stopping me from being intimate with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You you know, you seeing the three hundred and twenty pound version of you in the mirror is not stopping you from being intimate with me. Right. On you know, not that it would not I would ever allow it to actually happen, and I mean that term "allow it" because I obsess over your body. Mm-hmm. But if you were really going through it and tried wanted to have intimacy and wanted to wear a shirt because you were going through body dysmorphia, I'd probably let it happen in the beginning. But while we were playing around, that shirt's coming off.
1: I've tried that before, and you've told me to take. Yeah, because
0: because I'm into you. Like right. I, I yeah. want to look at you. Like I, you know, Ms. imp
1: And you know that's <laughs> also helped me with you maintaining that. I, I'm not going to call it a boundary, but it's like a a level of expectation for me. It's been a while since I've done that where mm-hmm. I've wanted to keep a shirt on during our intimate time because now I have a standard for myself. So even on days where I don't feel good about me, I know that's an illogical thought process Right. because when I'm on a good note and like I'm on cloud nine and I'm feeling fantastic, I don't have an issue with not right. wearing clothing. So when I dip below that, I have to remember like not only do I have a standard for myself, I have a standard for my man. And I trust your standards. There is nothing in your life that is subpar or half assed. Right. You don't put up with any bullshit. So if I presented myself the way that I felt like I presented myself, you would tell me. Yeah.
0: I would. I would tell you if you started to get big again, I would tell right. you. I'd be like, all right, babe, it's time to start doing cardio twice a day. Let's go, let's mm-hmm. go to the park. Like, I would join in on it. You know, I. Right. I, we check, we monitor our weight and shit daily mm-hmm. because of, of past lived experiences. So this is not like a. Right. <clears throat> I don't know. I know that I'm going to catch a lot of flack for saying the whole allow thing, and mm-hmm. people can feel however they want to feel about it, but this is the life we we live, and it's not yours, so it doesn't matter.
1: It's also the kind of thing, if we're going to get pissy about the term allow, I don't allow you to negative self-talk.
0: No, you correct me every time I do it.
1: When you walk into the bathroom and I'm brushing my teeth, and you're like, oh, look at that fat piece of shit, I'm going to correct you. I'm going to be like, try that again. Yeah. I don't allow you to be negative towards yourself and you don't allow me to be negative towards myself because we know what it's like when we're both in a positive mindset. Mm-hmm. So when we dip below that, we keep each other in check because if that goes unchecked, you just can continue sinking.
0: It's almost like it comes from a place of love and not control. Wow, crazy oh, concept.
1: I'm very conflicted on those two and I got and I get lost trying to know which one I should feel more fully if that makes sense. So she said she has two reasons. For feeling sad when he goes to take care of himself. The first one is, I couldn't fulfill that need, and it makes me feel like I fell short for him. You did.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, she could fulfill that need. chose not to.
1: And that, that's a very harsh thing for me to say, and people are going to get super pissy because victim blaming or whatever. That's not what I'm trying to do. You have a concern about falling short for your man, and it's making you feel guilty. And on the outside looking in, I agree with that. hmm when you get married to somebody and you are in a relationship, the only thing you cannot seek outside of that relationship is any type of intimacy. Right. So when, if, if you had to self please your, I would lose my damn mind. Yeah. If I was not providing for you in a sexual manner, knowing that you had to go and take care of yourself, I would feel like I'm failing as your wife. Right. I get that. And I would do everything in my power to step my game up. And I don't care how much it would push my comfort zone or if it would make me look at new horizons and expand myself, I'm going to do that. Being in a relationship is going to push you to grow, and growing is never a comfortable thing to do.
0: I have a question for you. What? Why would you push yourself to do that instead of playing the normal victim that everybody plays with that scenario? And I can I can only think to word it that way because I, I can't think of the proper terminology right. of what I'm getting at, but that describes what I'm asking you.
1: So there is a point in our relationship, if if that happens, I would ask myself, there was a point in our relationship where I genuinely enjoyed having playtime with you. Right. So what changed on my end where I don't have that reaction to you anymore? And it could be my interest changed. It could be maybe you've put on 10 pounds. You have to find the root of whatever that problem is. And in her scenario, she Uh, has grown from trauma. I'm talking about us. What do you
0: mean? I'm talking about an us, an, right. an us scenario, not a her scenario. Because I, I've, I've, I've never in my life been like, you're gonna try to have sex with me, and I'm be like, nah.
2: Right. If
0: I'm, if I'm committed to you,
3: mm-hmm.
0: we're married, and we're doing the life right. thing, and you tried to make a move on me, even if I was fucking exhausted,
3: mm-hmm.
0: been outside working in the sun all day long.
3: Right.
0: I may be like, you're gonna have to do the work tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of shit, but let's ride. Let's go. Like, right. let's do this. I have a duty to my wife.
1: Right. It's a spousal duty.
0: Right. That's the way I view it. Mm-hmm. Society tells you that you don't have to placate your man. You don't have to do these things. You have the right to tell him no. And if you say no, no means no. You don't owe him shit. But you do. Right. So that's what I'm asking you. So right. because you feel the way that you do, what makes you feel think differently than everybody who plays the victim in that aspect because you don't subscribe to that mindset.
1: Because I know that if our relationship falls apart sex-wise, it's going to fall apart intimacy-wise. And if things fall apart intimacy-wise, we're going to start arguing. And then arguments are going to lead to yelling. And then things are just going to start breaking down. At that point, why would you want to stay with me? Right. If every aspect of our relationship is a war zone, all because I just didn't want to have sex with you, you're gonna go find a chick who's gonna give you all of that and
0: peace. So, okay. I I'm, I'm really um, I guess I'm I'm just I want to hear you continue talking about this and I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you questions that people are gonna make statements about. Right. What if the intimacy is still there and the sex just isn't happening for whatever reason? We're both exhausted, we're uh you're cramping. Obviously that's not a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Periods and sentences, and that's as far as that goes for me. Right. Um so that's obviously not a thing, but in, in a scenario where some people are just not about that life or I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what it is that actually makes people tell their partner no and, and is not mm-hmm. willing to even try because I've never experienced that. Right. But in the event that that happens and we still maintain intimacy mm-hmm. for another mm. three or four months, I'm still flirting, smacking your ass when you walk by, dancing with you in the kitchen, mm-hmm. having playful conversation in bed, holding your hand in the car, um, reading scripture together having in-depth conversations about life, all of right. the, the truly intimate things, and that continues for three or four months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But sex is not happening. Right. At that point, do you think that the lack of sex is going to kill the intimacy, or do you think that...
1: Uh, uh, if both people are fine with not having sex, no, I don't think so. If you guys are fulfilled from intimacy and neither of you are upset that sex is not happening, then there's not a problem. Okay. It's a basic human nature to want to have sex. And in an instance like this, she has grown as a person right. and that's normal. That's okay. People grow. Sometimes you grow apart. Right. You have realized that you're not this hypersexual person that you portrayed yourself to be in the future, in the um, past, right. in the beginning of the relationship. So at this point, you guys have options. You can either try, you know, when he says, Hey, I'm in the mood, give it 30 minutes. Fool around a little bit. Make out. Have him touch you in certain spots that make you tingle and see what happens. You know, like I have like that little rib cage spot that mm-hmm. you touch. It doesn't have to be a sexual spot. If you like getting the nape of your neck tickled, have him do that. Right. And after 30 minutes, s- then see if you're in the mood. It's, I didn't s-
0: instead, of just sh- instead of just shutting it down at the mention of it.
1: Right. So I, I didn't see that anywhere in this email.
0: Do you think you're betraying yourself when that happens? No. Because that's going to be another another comment that's going to no. be... No. Right. I really am trying to cover all the bases so that there's nothing right. that anyone can say in the comments with this.
1: If somebody says that I'm, I'm ignoring my body when I do that, I feel like that's a stupid statement.
0: Okay. Uh, I need I, you to elaborate. I know. I'm trying okay. to find
1: like an analogy that I can put with that. That's like, you know, when you don't eat for a while and you're super hungry and your stomach hurts, but you feel like if you eat, you're going to vomit. Right. You force yourself to eat anyway. Right.
3: You just... Smaller bites.
1: Right. And then once you've gotten those few bites into your stomach, you're actually really hungry. You just had to get past that hunger pain.
0: Right. It makes sense.
1: Right? Yeah, it makes sense to me. So even in a scenario where like, hey, I'm not in the mood, you're my husband. You're the only person who's allowed to get me in the mood. Right. So let's give it a shot. Even if I'm not in the mood, we can kiss and we can make out. And then ten or fifteen minutes, I will tell you, hey, let's do this, or I'm not really feeling it tonight. But the trying's there. Right. You see that I'm willing to put myself out there and push my comfort level or envelope. It's not comfort level for me, but in this instance, it's a comfort level for her.
0: Right. It shows that you're putting in an effort. Right. It, it, it truly shows that you're putting in an effort because if if he knows mm-hmm. that you're really not into it, but you're trying anyways, and then gets shot down. You tried. Right. Like you did show that your partner that you are not
1: mm-hmm.
0: invalidating their their desires.
1: Yeah. And if that's something she's already doing now, then there <coughs> should be no guilt. Right. You know, if, if you're trying and it's just not working out, you tried. So if he has to go and take care of himself anyway, both of you know that the effort was there.
0: I'm willing to bet if if, if they try and it does not happen past that certain point, it's got to be hormonal or she's just not into him anymore. hmm and that's a very real thing. You know, people, people fall out of lust. Right. It happens. Mm-hmm. You can still love someone and not lust after them. Right. But that's not a life that, that most people would want to live. Sex is important to a lot of people.
1: It is. And then her second reason is, he couldn't just wait until I was ready to fulfill his need myself. So prior in your email, you said you guys have resorted to blowjobs and handjobs. Right. And now that's not even enough because you feel like you're disservicing yourself in doing that. So you've turned him down vaginally. So you guys moved on to hand-of-mouth stuff. And now that's starting to become an issue for you. When will you be ready? Right. You know, even if you're ready to give him a blowjob, you're not going to be all the way into it because you feel like you're lying to yourself and doing that for your man. Right. And a, a dude can tell when you're not into yeah, it.
0: Yeah, That will absolutely affect him as well. So, absolutely will affect him as well.
1: This is going to sound really, really harsh, and I'm not saying this to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm saying this as a logical point of view. You might need to hear it. Both of those reasonings are on you. Yeah. Both of those reasonings are derived from your actions and your thought processes. You I,
0: know? I wouldn't want to be in a relationship like that.
1: I wouldn't either. It, it, on both ends. Even
0: if needs are being met on other aspects that's non, like non-intercourse, mm-hmm. intercourse matters to me. Like that physical intimacy and like, <laughs> we actually even talk sometimes like normal conversations while we're playing. Yeah. It happens. But th- those are our moments. Right. Like, y- y- you know what I mean? Like that it's not is even such just a- about the release. Right.
1: It's, it's that time together right. and w- only we have that time with each other. Nobody gets right. to experience that side of us except for each other in those moments. Right.
0: I wouldn't want to live in a relationship where that was not a thing.
1: Yeah. No, I need that kind <laughs> of intimacy. I crave that kind of intimacy.
0: I don't know. I've been in long-term relationships where things have absolutely ended up in a sexless, sexless situation and mm-hmm. been in the roommate phase and all of that, so I understand that it happens. I just it's not something that that most men would be okay with. Like right. it's not you're a shell of a person. your relationship is over. There's a lot of things that are going on when that happens. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't come to a head yet. Right? I don't know.
1: I also want to say, like, you have a good man. he's not pressuring you. He has never said anything to make you feel bad. So have you talked to him about how you're feeling in all of this? Like, have you told him you felt guilty? I feel like that needs to be a conversation that's had if it hasn't. Yeah,
0: I think there's a lot of conversations that need to be had. I, I agree that's definitely one of them. I, mm-hmm. I think that I think she needs to get her hormones checked. I agree. You said they've only been together for two years?
1: Um, They've been together for... Four years. Four years. Four years total. They've been married for a year and a half.
0: I wonder when the sex change I was just getting ready to say happened. that. Was it before sex. you guys got married? Not sexual change. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> Did that stop before you guys got married? Because right. you've only been married for a year and a half, so that's two and a half years. Were you consistent for that two and a half years? Right. And then you got married and all of a sudden things changed? Is it you got married and then that was kind of like a shock to your nervous system. And now all of a sudden processing everything that's happening and this is your life now. Is that a lot of stress on you? Is that a lot to think about for you? A lot of factors could be going into why you're just not feeling it anymore, especially with a life changing event like
0: that. I'm also curious on like how their man, how their sexual situation happens. Mm -hmm. Cause if he's on the couch, he's like, Hey, want to fool around? You really did the job there, buddy. Right. It's all about the initiation. My ovaries are just screaming now. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. You know, but if if there's, you know, dirty text messages all day long talking about how beautiful you are and how great your skin is and all this fucking, you know, courting thing and dating and lusting and flirting, then you get home and you've built this anticipation all day long. And now there's physical touching and kissing and, you know hip grabbing and all the things that are happening because that's going to be a whole lot different than the first scenario I gave. Right. Because now you've had a buildup all day long. And There's that, an excitement. Right. And there's intimacy because mm-hmm. it's been happening all day long. Yeah. In that scenario, those two two situations, one of them is going to give you a much better outcome. Mm. And if he's just like, oh, get a towel, it's not going to do the job. No, like, it's not. That's just not a thing. I don't know.
1: So her last paragraph is, also my feelings of lower libido get worse in the days leading up to my period, and with having a short cycle, that period of time comes around more frequently than I'd like. Any input on this would be greatly appreciated. I plan on re-watching your podcast with my husband because him and Chris have a lot in common, and I think he would find your show just as informative as I have. Thanks for your time.
0: Uh, you guys are probably going to hate us after this Oh one. yeah,
1: you guys are probably going to be upset at some of the things we had to say. And none of it's from Malice. No. It's not. This is an outside perspective looking in. Things that we have seen, information we've gathered from other emails. Life
0: experiences. Mm-hmm.
1: None of it's said to hurt feelings. No. Will it hurt your feelings? Probably. I hate that I hurt your feelings. I, it's not my goal to hurt your feelings, but right. sometimes when it's painful to hear, you really need to hear it. Right. And if it doesn't apply to the situation, because this is just an email, this is a small window into your life. If none of it applies, then we're just totally off base and none of this is useful for you. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that could be a thing too. I, I don't know. That that whole scenario for me, really, I, I believe, I believe, that all sexless marriages come down to a lack of intimacy.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: You're not flirting anymore. You're not, you know, telling your partner how great they look. There's no lust. They're, right. There's nothing there that is keeping you um, engaged in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And and it it could be something as simple as you're tired, and because you're not tired, you're not putting in the effort, and he feels like you're not putting in the effort. So why should he? And that, you know, you, people are start matching energies, even mm-hmm. though it may not be uh, directed at him. It could be something else that's happening the way he's reading the room. Now you guys are, are feeding off of each other on uh, miscalculated mm-hmm. judgment.
1: I also want to ask, what, what is what is your self-care routine?
0: That is super important.
1: Right. Like, do you have anything that you do for yourself? Because if you're constantly overwhelmed and you're not doing things that you enjoy... Everything becomes a chore to you at at that point, including sex. So maybe before trying, take a bath, go for a walk, read a book you enjoy, go for a bike ride, do something that makes you feel feminine, that makes you feel good about yourself and then try to initiate. If he's always initiating, maybe you try to initiate, try to be sexy, get his attention.
0: It's gonna be hard to do with the libido. Yeah. And, and, you know, this sounds so shitty. I think a lot of that is it could be an excuse. Hmm. What just by saying you have a low libido, it could be that the intimacy is gone and all everything that we've just discussed is very much a thing. Right. And therefore you feel like it's a libido thing and it, hmm. it may not be a libido thing. And like you said, when was the last time you did something you enjoyed? Um one of Laura Laura Doyle's books talk about making a list of 20 things that you enjoy and hmm. then trying to do three things off of that list every single day. It's important that we have things that that is important to us. Things that literally bring us joy. Things, mm-hmm. not not accomplishments, but joy. Right. So for us, like we go to the gym and after we go to the gym, we feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, getting in the hot tub for 20 minutes is one of those things. Laughing in bed together is one of those things. And it doesn't have to be with your partner. It could be things that you enjoy doing by yourself too. Going to Starbucks and then walking around Target for an hour.
1: And like <clears> listening <throat> to the wind.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you sit outside on the back porch a lot. Yeah. You know, you go out there with your Bible and read and, and highlight and listen and, and mm-hmm. just enjoy nature. She just had a coughing fit.
1: I'm doing great.
0: (laughs) We can tell by your eyes.
1: I walked over here and I had my hoodie half off and I had paper towels shoved up my nose and I was crying.
0: Uh, Do you remember what we were talking about before you had that coughing fit? No. Okay. So then let's just move on to the next email because I don't remember either. Okay. Fantastic.
1: So this is one that you've responded to and said that we would cover it.
0: Hello. I have been watching all of y'all's
1: podcasts and TikToks as I come across them and searching for new ones for any new information. I have a question for both of you, and I'm going to try and word this the best way possible. My husband and I have been together for 29 years and married for 13 of those years coming up on February 17th. I've always had a hard time with relinquishing any kind of control over anything in our marriage, but as I've been watching and truly listening to the things that both of you had to say about a traditional marriage, it is starting to become something that I would really like to go forward with. How can I do this from this moment on? How do I take a step back and say I'm going to give you full control over our finances and other things and still be a strong woman for both of us? I'm trying very hard to be a better woman and wife and want to do anything that I can to make our marriage better.
0: The correlation of being a strong woman and handling finances don't don't equate to me. Why is that? Because you're a strong woman and I handle our finances. I
2: hate finances.
0: When you guys are working together as a team and you're playing to each other's strengths, you are making it so that you guys are, are going to be the most effective team possible. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to deal with the finances anymore and you want him to deal with him and you you have that discussion and he's willing to do it, you not dealing with him doesn't make you less of a woman or less in power or less empowered.
1: It makes you less stressed.
0: It makes you less stressed. You can pick up things that are going to make your household better if you're. Mm-hmm. it's one less thing you got to worry about. So having those discussions and trying to figure out your strengths and his strengths and in playing to those strengths are going to make you better as a team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I know that it's it's very commonplace for people to tell you that you have to be independent and you got to do you and worry about yourself and, and all of that nonsense. And I, I don't believe that. I believe that when you're married, you're a team and you should be taking care of each other.
1: I agree. <clears throat> when it comes to relinquishing control, do you trust him? Like when, when it really boils down to things... Do you think that he is a capable man? He has a job. He's capable in his field. He gets paid for the work he does. Right. So if he's capable outside of the house, he's going to be capable in the house. And the only way to find that out is to trust him. Yeah. Hand things over, give it six months. If in six months you're still not happy with how things are going, then you have to alter it. <laughs> but you can't say, well, I tried to let him run the finances when he was in control for three weeks, and every time he made a decision, you countered it. That's not letting go. That's being argumentative.
0: That's a good point. If you're going to give up control, you need to actually give up control. Right. Still pay attention to it, but don't complain. Don't nag. Right. Don't question. Don't second guess until he shows you he's not capable. And then when he shows you that, Mm -hmm. which, you know, you could be in trouble by then, but... When you feel like it's no longer the case, if you if that happens, you may have to step up and say something. Right. I, I don't think that that's the case. I, I truly don't believe that women just date incapable men and then marry them. I do know that women marry the wrong man from time to time because of the emails we get. Right. We we know that people don't always make the best decisions, best decisions, but you've been together for 29 years, 13 of the years of that is marriage. Right. At this point, this man has proven to you what he's capable of and what he isn't. And if you want to relinquish power to him, or control, or finances, or however she worded that. Mm-hmm. You know what your man is capable of. Right. <clears throat> it blows my mind when people are together for that long and and still struggle over things.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't mean that in a negative way, and I'm not not shitting on her by any means, but like, twenty nine years is a long time. It is. Like that's a long time. And during that twenty nine year process, if he has shown you that he's not capable of doing something, you should know that by now. Mm-hmm. You guys should know your strengths. There's also going to be a weird period transitionary where you tell him you want him to do these things and he's going to go, oh, wait, okay, why me? Like, why do you want me to do this? Like, you guys may have a very awkward conversation about all that because this could come from left field and he may not see this coming. right? Or he could be like, cool, I got this.
1: He'd be like, he might be like, finally. Yeah, it could be, it (laughs) could be.
0: There's also a level of trust that is shown and respect that is shown when you relinquish something like that to somebody, Mm -hmm. which will regain intimacy because for a lot of men, Trust and respect is what we thrive on. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing the thing, showing him that you respect him, showing that you trust him and allowing him to provide and lead and protect and do the things that I believe a man should do, he may not believe that, but if he does, it it may change the dynamic of your relationship in a positive way. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I I think that really it just comes down to having a very simple conversation with him and telling him what you want, like actually telling him, not beating around the bush.
1: Why are you looking at me like that? Because you didn't flip it over. Yeah, because I'm going through it. I just need them to see. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't don't recall what you said. Did you say that handling finances doesn't make you a strong woman or did you say that doesn't make you an independent woman?
0: I don't remember what she said. I I think that she said that she was afraid of losing the power of it or something.
1: Okay, well, I'm not sure if you said it or not, but I want to talk about what makes a strong woman. Handling finances does not dictate whether or not you're strong. Right. I can handle finances. I did it for a very long time. You handle finances in our relationship though because that is something I do not cope well with. Right. I become very stressed when I know that there are things that need to be paid for. Even when I have money in a bank account, I will continuously stress about money. I can't mentally handle it. I can doesn't mean that I ch- I want to. Right. I choose not to, so you handle the finances. I think I'm a very strong woman. And I'm a stay-at-home wife. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't work full-time anymore. I maintain a household. Things that I consider that make me a strong woman is my communication skills, my ability to understand. I don't let people walk on me. I state my opinions, and there is no question when I state my opinions. I know my opinions. I know who I am as a person. I know my self-worth. I know my quality of character. I will not allow someone to degrade me or put me down. My time management, I think, makes me a strong woman because I'm able to get everything done in a day and still fuck around for three hours. So being in charge of things doesn't make you a strong person. There are people who are in charge of things that make total train wrecks. When you're bursting at the seams, that doesn't make you a strong person. That just shows that you push yourself to extreme levels. When in your mind you think it's necessary to. Mm-hmm. Putting yourself under ne- unnecessary stress or putting yourself through emotional turmoil. It can be considered a strength, but that's also self-harm in a sense. Does that right. make sense? No,
0: it does. If you don't have to be in a fight or flight right. or constant, constant stress scenarios, why mm-hmm. would you want to be there?
1: Right. Just for the label of being strong. Right. There's a multitude <clears throat> of other things you can do to show your strength. So it's okay to not be in charge of finances, especially if you have a man who's not going to miss a mortgage payment. Right. Or he's not going to gamble $2,000 and then your electric bill's not paid.
0: Did she s- stress anything other than the finances?
1: She said... She just says, I have a hard time with relinquishing any control over anything in our marriage.
0: Okay, so it's not just financial.
1: Well, she specifically said... How do I step back and say, I'm going to give you full control over our finances and other things, but still be a strong woman for the both of us?
0: Okay. So it was a strong woman comment as well. Yeah. It sounds like she's afraid to relinquish control. I don't think it's a power thing or strength thing. Mm-hmm. I think she's just afraid to relinquish, relinquish control. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're willing to do that, mm-hmm. you know he's capable of doing it or you right. wouldn't be considering it.
1: Is it like a stigma from people in your family? Do you think that they're going to view you as weaker? If you do that. Right. Or of course, by society standards, you're going to be viewed as weaker. I get told constantly that I'm a weak woman.
0: I just don't see that.
1: I get told that I'm a slave and that I'm being manipulated and all of this other shit. There there will be a negative connotation from society and social media around what you're doing, but you can't let that influence your happiness in life. Right. If you feel like your quality of life is going to improve by handing over all of these responsibilities to your man and you can just focus on other areas in your life. It's worth it.
0: Yeah, you're gonna grow from that. You'll both grow from that. I was gonna like, say, you guys
1: are gonna grow together. He's gonna see what you're doing as. I was gonna say a form of submission, but that's people are exactly get what off. I would say
0: too. But they, it, they can be pissed off. There's right. nothing wrong with serving and submitting to your partner,
1: and that's on both ends, right?
0: When 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 you, just in uh, for the sake of conversation in submitting to your husband mm-hmm. and giving up the control of these things and letting him deal with them it's you're doing it to benefit your life right him making sure that the bills are paid making sure that you know there's money in the bank for groceries and school is taken care of and kids are taken care of and all those things mm-hmm. he's submitting his will to you to make sure that you are taken care of that is a form of submission it is but he's doing it to provide because that's what people are men are supposed to do mm-hmm. i i just i don't like the terminology that people put on a lot of this stuff because I don't see any of this as weakness. I really believe that if you have strengths, you should play to those strengths. Mm-hmm. I have things that I'm really good at that you will never have to do because I'm good at them. Right. Just all there is to it. And, and it's, it's the same thing for you. I'm not going to do the things that you're really good at. I'm going to let you handle that. So that's one less thing I have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And we work together as a team that way. And our life is amazing because okay. we're thriving together versus one person weight carrying the weight of the world while the other person plays on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It, it's teamwork. It's a team effort. Like yeah. we're going to grow together. It's just going to be the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And if there's things that come up in life that I'm I'm not capable of dealing with, like taxes, I I can do it. I don't want to. Right. That's something that you you are going to handle.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You're you're making my life easier by doing that. Right. <clears throat> I'm making our life easier by making sure there's money in the bank, mm-hmm. and that everything is getting paid, and you don't have to worry about that at all. The only time you have to worry about anything is if you want something that's pricey. And then we have to have a discussion before it's bought, just so that we can move money around to make sure that something's not going to bounce. Mm-hmm. But you also have access to all the accounts. So if in the event that she does let go of these things, she should still be able to open an app on the phone and see where the money is.
1: I agree with that.
0: Yeah, there's a, a comfort in that, and and there's definitely a comfort if like mm. um, if you're worried about him not being able to save properly or, you know. There's a lot of things that go into that.
1: I highly recommend getting The Surrendered Wife, not the audiobook. Actually order the book and read it because yeah. the audio book is only an hour long, but the book itself is like almost 400 pages. Yeah,
0: The hour long podcast though, or audio book covers mm-hmm. all of the necessities because I, I've only listened to the podcast and I got a lot out of that or the book. I've got an hour, a lot out of that one hour. Mm-hmm. And And when you were reading the book in the car, a lot of it was like tests and like quizzes and...
1: Well, it wasn't really quizzes. It was pointers on how to be able to relinquish that control. Yeah. There was a point where she was talking about letting go of the finances and for six years, everything went paid. He was doing great. And then there was one day where he forgot to pay the electric bill and the power was shut off and she lost her mind.
0: Oh yeah. That wasn't an audio.
1: She wrote a check, took it to the post office, paid it. And then she realized in that moment, I don't know if I just bounced the checking account by paying that. Right. And she was like, I have to call him. So she called him, let him know what was going on. He was like, oh, I just thought I paid it this morning. Never hit submit. Whatever happened. Right. He's going to mess up at some point, whether it be six months when you relinquish control or six years in the relationship at some point, he's going to mess up. But when that mistake happens, he's going to learn and he's going to double check and make sure everything's paid. Right. Because in that instance where he messes up, not only is he failing as a provider, he's letting you down in this man. He's yep. not going to want to do that again.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and those, those mistakes are going to happen with anyone, whether mm-hmm. you're married or not, whether he handles the finances or you do. Right. There's going to be those times where you're like, yeah, I paid that already, but you're thinking of last month when you paid it, not this month. And you're like, Oh shit.
1: Right. She even talked about, she was like, when I was handling finances, I messed up more <coughs> than he did. Right. She get into a whole topic about how she opened a business that was just a money pit for six months and they ended up closing it because it was just draining their savings. And she was like, that was a bigger mess up than him forgetting to pay the electric bill. Right. And he never harped her on that.
0: so Because it doesn't matter.
1: Right. I, I highly recommend getting the book. It goes really in depth on how to be able to relinquish. And she even says in the book, give it six months. You can't say you definitively tried something until you do it for six months. Because that's when you'll start seeing the change in effect right. from what you did three months prior. And then he's also going to notice what's happening at that point. And then you can say... You know, this is what I've been trying. She talks about implementing it over time and not even having a discussion. Right.
0: Yeah, she actually specifically says don't bring it up.
1: Right. So just start implementing little things. Give, out, give up little powers. You know, if you usually start the coffee in the mornings, just say, hey, babe, tomorrow morning, can you start the coffee? He doesn't be like, babe, you just made my day so much better. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. I love that you did that for me. He'll be more inclined to do it again. Mm-hmm. Just small things like that. Yep.
0: Somebody's gonna be in the comments going, well, they shouldn't have to ask to do those things. You're an adult and you drink coffee too.
2: That's exhausting. It is. That mindset's really so exhausting yep.
1: for me.
0: In in doing that, in doing that, mm-hmm. babe, can you can you start the coffee for me tomorrow? And then giving gratitude, mm-hmm. you are literally making an excuse or you're creating a reason. You're creating a reason to be able to give your partner gratitude. I could hear that that's that drinking in the microphone. Stop. I did. That was funny. You're you're creating a reason to give your husband gratitude and positive affirmations and 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 positive intimacy moments because you know you can grab your cup of coffee, give him a hug, and thank you. I'm so grateful you did this, like you said. Mm-hmm. Kiss him on the cheek or whatever because you got coffee breath. But like you have a, a moment, and it's all because you asked him to make a, the coffee pot, like. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how much those little things add up over time, and those little moments become big moments when intimacy is restored in your relationship, and you are courting again and lusting Mm -hmm. again. And like it, it really those moments matter. They matter just like the negative ones matter. Like you can't ignore them. It's gonna be a short podcast. It is. I'm
1: exhausted. Yeah, that coughing fit took it out of me. Yeah,
0: I can see it. All right, well, we, we are less than two hours on episode nine. I feel like we are regressing a little bit in life, but...
1: What do you mean regressing?
0: Because we've been three hours, two and a half hours, three and a half hours. We're like, meh, two hours. like meh 2 hours we have not <laughs> even made it to the two hour mark. I'm stalling to get it to the two hour mark on this so that I feel better about gotcha.
1: it. Gotcha, but then you're going to be cutting out a bunch of stuff.
0: I know, but at least I feel like we recorded for two hours. We
1: can record tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we can. Tomorrow's Friday. We don't have yeah. that going on tomorrow. Um, I don't want to record all weekend. Okay, so I don't know if that means we do something Friday or Saturday or Sunday, but I I don't want to record all weekend. So
1: we're going somewhere Saturday.
0: Right. So, yeah, we could record tomorrow and then again on Sunday. Saturday would be cool because we're going to Tampa. Yeah. So. All right, guys, that's the two hour mark. (laughs) 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 We will catch you guys on the next one.
1: Bye, guys. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed that, found it entertaining, funny or even learned something you didn't know before, share it. And if you're not subscribed, why aren't you? And for those of you who want to support us, get access to exclusive content and live streams, we do have a Patreon. All the links are in the description.